You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mashos Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I am here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Hey, it's your boy, Sanic the Weed Hog. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did you see I the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? Yes, I did. And Ugh. I will never forgive them. And I don't know. <laughs> look, like, look I look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have mixed emotions about it because I'm like, it doesn't look like Jim Carrey is going to do a bad job. I think he might just be getting put into a bad position. <laughs> right. You know, so I, mean, I, I don't the know. The cable guy I, happened. The cable guy, you got to watch it several times and you'll learn to love it. Like <laughs> It's I like mean, progressive yeah. rock. <laughs> You're like it, it, the cable guy is a cult classic. It's a cult classic. You get you learn to love it. Like how ridiculous it is. <laughs> like you know. So, but even he said he hated making that movie. <laughs> Back to Overwatch though. This is episode Back number one fifty seven. We are recording on April thirtieth for release on May first. Uh, last week, literally the day after the day that we released our episode, so the day after we recorded. Huge news about the workshop, the Overwatch workshop. So we're going to talk about that. Besides that, though, we're also going to talk a bit about the Apex ping system and what it will look like in Overwatch. Uh, And we're also going to answer some community questions. Before we get into that, I'd like to welcome everybody, anybody listening for the very first time. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Watchpoint Radio. We do talk about Overwatch news and competitive events and esports, but for the most part, the focus of the show is the community to save the game. So if you enjoy the show and you want to keep up with what we're doing, just follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash watchpoint radio. And we would love to have you in our discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons to, you know, come and talk with us or play some games with us, whatever. But we love to have you there. Now actually now, working. <laughs> yes. Now actually working. So and I'd like to thank any returning listeners, uh, whether this is your first re listen or your 156th, Thank you guys very much for coming back and checking out Watchpoint Radio once again. This is why we do the show every week because we know somebody's out there listening. <laughs> uh, no new subscribers this week. No new Patreons this week. And yeah, no community feedback. I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't think I, I maybe that's just a feeling like, you know, I'm just not I'm just, I'm just not enough. It's more but, than <laughs> <feeling>. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think there's any I, I can't remember any community feedback. So we're just going to hop right into the workshop. Now, this was a surprise, and, uh, you know, this this was definitely a surprise. I was not, like, you know, when, when Blizzard said they were, you know, going to be releasing stuff and, you know, uh, we were working on some things, this is not one of the things I kind of expected, the workshop, you know. 
Uh, anybody who's been listening to this show for a decent amount of time know I have been calling for modding tools for quite some time. I mean, modding tool. Well, first of all, the most popular games out right now are all because of mods. League of Legends, Fortnite, Apex, even Overwatch is, you know, because of, because modding tools existed in, in the 2000s, you know? So I'm glad that, you know, they're, they're, they're taking this step, but I, I am surprised. It was a, a surprise to me. This was not one of the things I thought they were working on. We're going to kind of get into the community reaction a bit too, <laughs> because it surprised, definitely surprised the community. Um, I did not get a chance to actually check out the workshop. Personally, I just saw the results of some of the workshops, but Kendra, you got a chance to hop into the workshop. I did. Uh, my first impressions from it are that while it's not what I would call newbie friendly, I won't say it's not user friendly because if you know what you're doing, it's absolutely user friendly. But if you have no development background or even if you do have a bit of development background, I have about seven or eight months of uh, web development under my belt, which is really nothing. Um, I can't just hop in and make whatever the hell I want. Um, however, uh, the fact that it is so deep and complex is awesome. Uh, I would rather have something that is difficult to use and can do whatever the hell I want to than have something that's easy to use and can't do a lot. It's like that would be like comparing Photoshop to MS Paint. You know, I would much rather have Photoshop, not know how to use it and then learn uh, rather than just have MS Paint. Um, but I did get to fiddle with it and ran into some classic developer problems. Like one of the things I tried to do, uh, just a basic uh, quick game in the 30 or 40 minutes that I had to fool with it was uh, I wanted to uh, kind of replicate the floor is lava thing that the develop developers put out, but I wanted it to only damage you while you're not on the point. So basically kind of a small king of the hill thing and you take damage if you're outside of the hill. Simple enough. Well, of course, you know, the first thing I do is put a damage modifier on it, and I tried to get it a constant, but I ended up just doing 10 damage one time, <laughs> which sounds exactly like something that would happen to a new developer doing it by hand, which tells me that uh, that, that it's a good system because <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you can uh, you can do stupid screw ups like that. And yeah, you you just have to troubleshoot. That said, a lot of people that are a lot better at this kind of thing than I am have come up with a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, some of the more powerful ones I've seen, uh, there was an all-symmetric game that I came across, and it was called Portal Race. And what it did is Symmetra would fire a portal, and what it was, it was like a red ball for a right click and a blue ball for the left click. And the ball was probably, what, five meters across, something like that. And if you walk through it, you would teleport instantly to the other one on contact. Which seems a lot like a teleporter, but it's not like it was just her teleporter being shot out. You know, it was an actual uh, different object. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, and it handled, like, clipping and things like that. Uh, so if you, like, clip through a wall, then it would send you back and that kind of deal. Um, one of the other ones I saw that was rather ingenious was uh, all roadhogs and they all had a an aura on them and a number floating above their heads of like a big number. And you start off at one. Uh, and little beacons would spawn on the map at random over certain interval intervals. 
and you would pick up a beacon and your number would go up by 0.1. So if you're 1.1 and you run into a Roadhog that's 1.0, then you kill that Roadhog and the number adds to your score. Your circle grows by that amount. So like those, uh, if you've ever played those little phone games where you start off as like an amoeba and you eat the smaller ones, but a bigger one can eat you kind of deal. It's kind of like that, but a bunch of Roadhogs on the map. And eventually, um, as you start off, your speed is super high, but as you, your, number, your number grows larger, you slow down. And the first person to end up getting to 50 would win the game. And you basically just ran into other Roadhogs to kill them and eat them, and uh, you would, uh, your number would grow and your aura would grow and you would slow down. It was a really interesting and fun game time. Uh, the fact that somebody was able to do that with the workshop was amazing to me. That reminds me of like, big head mods from old arena shooters. I'm not sure if you have played those mm. where every kill you get makes your head bigger. <laughs> like, that's every kill you get makes your head bigger. And obviously you, you know, the bigger the head means like the more you're killing people, but at the same time it makes you easier to headshot, <laughs> you know? Right. And of course there's a uh, really simple, interesting mods like a uh, 0.1% projectile speed, which is, amazingly fun you know you pick hanzo and just shoot a hundred arrows in a doorway and no one can get past it you just run into it and die or, or one of the things that they had they had uh cooldowns were zero so you could pick reinhardt and just fire strike fire strike fire strike and the fire strikes would just stay in the air and basically block a door until forever uh or the the best moment in that particular game i picked hanzo and i shot his ultimate and died immediately well, I, I shot his ultimate and the arrow that starts off the ultimate was really slow, yeah. like a regular arrow. Well, like two or three minutes later in the match, we're fighting on the point, And then all of a sudden, the dragons finally come out <laughs> and just wipe everybody. <laughs> nice. It was pretty great. Um, just the fact that you can do really cool things like that is amazing and people are just getting started with it um yeah it's only been one week right the the forums are flooded with content flooded with people troubleshooting and finding out new things um there was one game type i came across called super hot uh which is obviously inspired by the game super hot and the way that was played was one one player on one team was ash everybody else was a set list of other characters and every time the ash would take aim and zoom in time would slow down uh while the ash took aim and then when she shoots or descopes then time would speed back up again like kind of like it does with super hot and it would it would slow the entire game world down for everybody it was a lot of fun actually um mm. things like that people are coming up with a lot of shit for a week and kind of like any development documentation as it grows the more powerful it's going to get the more people are going to figure out things and Figure out cool little tricks and bugs and what what have you. Um, it's really really exciting and just the games I played this in this past thirty or forty five minutes were a lot of fun. I saw one mod where um, every time Reinhardt would hit group up, it would force his team to to teleport back to him. Oh, that's brilliant! God, if yeah. only that were the real game. <laughs> oh yeah like you can hit g and it will just you know teleport your entire team back to him it was hilarious right. i mean early on you saw some really good stuff like well the, the the guy who made gun game for counter-strike made gun game in overwatch 
Right. Uh, he 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 did work on it and make Gun Game. Funny thing about that though is that a few days later, the Overwatch team I forget what the, I forget what the game mode is called. It is on the PTR. It is an is an actual arcade mode in the PTR now. They they have Gun Game essentially, but it's called something. It's called like Gauntlet, I think. Oh, the Hero Gauntlet. Hero Gauntlet, yeah. So for those who aren't familiar with Gun Game. Basically, everybody, you, you start with a weapon, right? And you have to go through all of the weapons. Or um, every time you get a kill, your weapon changes. And in gun game, it gets harder and harder and harder, right? Like you start with super powerful weapons, uh, super popular weapons. And as you shoot, you know, as, well, as you shoot, but as you kill, you, okay, finally move to the next weapon. So I think the only thing you have left is a knife, I'm pretty sure. Or just a pistol. I can't I can't remember. Um and oh, and the Overwatch gun game or Gauntlet, every kill you get, you change heroes. Like you get the, and I think it works its way down to Genji. That's how, like you, you start with the easiest heroes and then make your way, make your way down to Genji. I know you start and, off with McCree, then Soldier, then Genji, Farah. I played it for a minute. Um, pretty much all I the DPS. It ended and with then Genji. Like, no, Genji is definitely not the last one. I think it ends with Mercy. Okay. Uh, or it might be Mercy. really. Okay. Well, maybe it's random because I, I didn't play it, but I saw uh, it's somebody, not I saw one for sure. It. Actually, you know what? No, I the one I saw was the guy who made Gun Game. His ended with Genji. Okay. So the you. Overwatch one may actually end with, like, like you said, with Mercy. Like, I haven't played the Overwatch one, but uh, some people are like, oh man, they're taking the games from the arcade or from the workshop and putting them into the game. I think the Overwatch team had that in mind already. Right. I think they had because they think they already had a custom graphic for it and everything. They had it ready to go just like a day or two, maybe three after the workshop. So I think they were already working on that. Yeah. Another one I saw is somebody made uh, like Hammond race, like racing with Hammond. Actually, just racing in general because you get to, I think by the time he got done, because the first time I saw it, it was a bunch of Hammonds racing, right? And it was on Numbani and they raced through checkpoints to get to the end. And then I saw another video where he said version one is complete. And it was multiple maps. It was like one was like Hammond, one was uh, Lucio. I saw a bunch of Widowmakers racing. And not only were there checkpoints, there were like freeze traps and slow zones and all types of stuff in multiple maps. So that was, I thought that was pretty cool. All right. Oh, uh, another those... interesting one that I found. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, Go ahead. But it was called Super Smash Brothers, and they actually changed their perspective on one of the uh, arena, one of the, what is it, the Every Man for Himself, I forget what the hell that mode's called, <laughs> watch that. Deathmatch? Deathmatch, damn. <laughs> uh, so it was one of the deathmatch wow. maps, uh, and it was, from the perspective, it was like 2D from the side perspective, and you controlled your character like you would a Smash Brothers character. You could only use, they, their controls were kind of wonky, it was W is forward, S is backward. Because uh, the game's not made to work that way, so yeah. right, and they probably could have if they spent more time. But the fact that you could edit controls is interesting, right? Uh, yeah. But you would pick your character, and your weapons didn't actually do damage; they just pushed people away or had you know, like the uh, far as rocket or something, or her concussion blast would knock someone away, and you try to knock them off the side of the map, and it actually worked pretty well, um, considering that whoever did it, obviously, that's all they did was those couple little little mod edits and didn't really put much else right. into it because you couldn't turn left or right like once you're facing right uh that that was it like you had to back up to uh to try to hit somebody behind you <laughs> right okay gotcha yeah 
but you know, somebody takes that and stream streams streamlines it, then hey, you have a two D game out of Overwatch. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you do like it. I mean, I, I know with the StarCraft, there was there was a there was somebody made a two D mod out of the, out of the StarCraft, um, you know, map maker, and they made it like one of the two D like you know side scrolling shooters like right. Contra. You know, it was pretty cool, but um. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's only the first week, and people are already coming up with some really cool stuff. There's gonna be, as soon, you know, people are gonna be on like Reddit and forums and discords trying to discuss like you know methods and how the best handle things. So I'm, and we you know within a you know I think inside of the next year we're gonna see some pretty amazing mods. The biggest problems, I think, will be the fact that in order to, to like if you if somebody wants to play a mod or a workshop game, they have to have the code for it, right? So I'm sure Reddit and forums will have plenty of codes and stuff like that. And I, I haven't had a chance to check the forums recently, but they said they are adding a form for the workshop, so that should be good. Um, right. I was actually just looking for that now. I know Competitive Overwatch, or Competitive Overwatch, has a workshop mega thread going right now that's uh, kind of blowing up. And right, there's a yeah. couple of, obviously, several other threads. Uh, and of course, there's the Overwatch forums themselves, um, where the o- workshop is obviously blowing the hell up. And there's actually, when you go into the workshop itself, uh, it will link you to those forums directly from the game, like straight from the game itself. So you can go go there and uh, connect with other people, which I thought was a stroke of genius for people that don't normally lurk the Overwatch forums and things like that. Uh, right. it's, it's a good way to pull them in there and be like, here's a resource for you right here. This is probably the place where you're going to find what you need to find. Um, I won't be surprised if we see a website pop up in the next month or two. That's oh, like absolutely. a directory. So, I mean, shit, if I had time, I'd build it. But it, <laughs> so, uh, it's, it shouldn't be that difficult. But yeah, I, I think this is, you know, this is a, this is, is a good thing. Like, yeah, obviously, there's a lot of buzz around, you know, people trying new mods, creating new things. The community response was, you know, I I almost want to say, oh, actually, there's one, before I get into community response, for anybody who didn't know, this will also be available on console. Right now, it's on the PC PTR, but once it, the feature actually goes live, it will be on console as well. So console player, like that's going to be a, a, a tremendous pool to play with. And your your workshop designs will not be specific to your platform. I didn't know that. So that is a that is a tremendous pool of creativity right there. Yeah, that's absolutely you know? huge. And one other thing I wanted to say too um, is that while the system itself may not be amazingly easy to understand, the interface is absolutely console friendly. Um, I don't see any advantage to doing it on PC over console other than maybe things like frame problems, like frame rate problems, things like that, which they probably have some kind of contingency for. Um, But the way that I see the system working, not going to be a problem for console players. They're going to be just as creative and have just as much fun with this as PC players will. Absolutely. Um, But like I said, so I want to get back into community response. The community response at least from what I saw, seemed, I want to say, a little mixed. A lot of negativity. But then again, you're going to see, a, that's what you're going to see a lot of, right? You're going to, you're going to, the, the, squeaky, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, 
so there were a lot of memes. I'm not sure if you remember the Mario Maker memes, you know, where it, like it's Mario, it's the cover of Mario Maker, and instead of saying Mario Maker, it said you fucking do it then. You're so goddamn smart. Like, you know, <laughs> that's the, that you ever see that picture? I did. <laughs> yeah. Like I might make that this cover, like the cover for the show because like yeah, it is like one of my favorite game. memes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, there was another meme where it's like, it's like the overwatch community asking like Jeff cat a question and he opens a box. It's, it was, it says like Jeff cat, like we want, you know, all these features. Right. And he opens the box and the box says, no, you, (laughs) 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 you know, so um, there are some people who are who there are some people who seem to be upset that like what you want us to create the game. You know, they were upset about that. There were other people who seem to be upset about the fact that, you know, this does nothing for competitive, which is true. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for competitive yet. Yeah. well, we'll get into that. We'll see. <laughs> but like, you know, it doesn't do anything for competitive, which is true. But for the people who are upset, and it's like and some of those people were like, you guys spent this time making this, you know, mod mode or, you know, workshop or, you know, modding tools, but nobody cares because it doesn't help competitive. Like, well, no, like this is great for the game. Like they're putting more tools in the hands of the community, which is something I've been asking for for a long time. And now the fun factor of the game isn't just on them, right? right? It's not just on them. They're giving it to the community. The community could make a lot of fun things. Like, you know, the, the custom game types are cool to a degree, you know, um, like, you know, we got Anna paintball out of that and, you know, a lot of different things, you know, but now with the, with the scope of what you can actually change control, I mean, it's still not a map. It's not a map maker or something like this. So they're not going to make brand new maps or, you know, stuff like that or, or brand new game modes. You know, it's still I don't know. like it's definitely there's definitely like the potential for that. It, it does have things handling wind conditions. Uh, so game modes are a definite possibility and are they're going to happen. Yeah. In my mind, to make a brand to make a brand new to, to really make a brand new game mode, uh, I think you really need the ability to alter maps or make maps, you know. Uh, because sure. you know we like for example like when they for 3v3 elimination right they had to make a, a whole set of maps just for 3v3 because they realized that the current maps that they had really weren't going to do it right now yeah. i did see um i don't know how it's done with this editor but there is a way somehow or another to close off areas of the map uh, i don't know if it's set areas or, or what i haven't gotten that deep into it but uh like in the Smash Brothers one, it was definitely just one section of map that was closed off. Uh, right, yeah. And in the Roadhog one, there was uh, in Eichenwald, it was only from after point one, that bridge from point one to point two, that stretch, it was closed off and the entire game took place there. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how all that works, but you can at least do that much. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, even though like it does have its limitations, still like there's there's a, a ton of possibilities here, and I don't think it's really anything to be upset about, you know. In, in regards to this, like it's, they're not being lazy. You know how difficult it is to make like modding tools for people. Like it's not an easy thing to do. Um, uh, you know, to give them the tools, like they can't just straight up give you the exact tools that they use. Or sorry, they can give you the, the exact tools they use to make the game. They can, they they can do that, 
But do you know how much like how difficult it is to make it so that people who don't have experience coding or don't have experience with those systems make it so that they can then use it? You know, that that, that that's pretty that's pretty difficult. Like to have a you know a user friendly um, modding system or engine to develop in is, is very difficult to do building those tools is hard that's a whole job description right there building tools like that you know i think that's one of the reasons that unreal engine is so popular is because of its ease of use to a degree you know you're not going to come in like you know not knowing how to do anything and be able to use it but it's not that difficult to catch up on you know so this this system seems to be intuitive to a degree like you know if you don't have any programming experience and even jeff kaplan said they they think it's a uh, they would say it's a power user um type uh, of tool absolutely 100 percent you know, power user feature exactly but it's not like you have to be a power user and a blizzard employee to know how to use it that's <laughs> that's kind of the <laughs> thing like i think and, maybe it's a little hard to explain if you're not familiar with like game development and how the tool systems like generally work right how they work internally so maybe but like you know it, it, it is nice that they, they they did develop something that users can actually get their hands on and build on and help expand the game because something doesn't get popular enough i wouldn't be surprised if the overwatch team kind of took it and made it their own or put it into the arcade or you know something like that made it uh or what i hope is that they continue to expand on this system you know that's what i i kind of hope on that they continue to expand on it don't just leave it like they did lfg oh here's a feature have fun, you know, <laughs> oh, but here's custom games. Have fun, like, you know, expand upon it. Keep working on it because you can build entire communities, entire sub communities if they get the right mod. I mean, this is something we already know. Right. They, they, did Blizzard plan on Dota when they made the Warcraft 3 tools? No. Did Valve count, uh, plan on Counter-Strike when they released their modding tools? No. Did... Uh, uh, id count on team fortress when they released their modding tools for quake no you know so like there's 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 just a ton of possibility there and i think that blizzard should continue to, to work on it now though the the downside so there is no downside i would say to this but the reality though the the, the downside of the reality of this i will say uh is a few things one with the way Blizzard currently handles it, uh, like I said, you kind of have to know a code to pull up a game, right? So let's say you can always go into the into the workshop and I guess look at the list of what's there right now. But unless you know the code for the game, it may not necessarily be the easiest to to find. Uh, and you're probably gonna have to go to an external resource for that. So that's one thing, especially for console players. I think that's that that's gonna be a little bit of a hamper. Two, if they do take popular game modes that are made with the current arcade system, even if they put it into the arcade, man, like you're you're it's only gonna be in the arcade every once in a while, you know. And the more game modes that get put in, the less frequently you're probably gonna see it in the arcade. And I think that matters. I think having stuff like queues in the arcade matters, you know, because you can spawn entire sub communities out of that. I think 3v3 elimination will be much bigger if you could play it every week whenever you wanted to. I know because whenever I get a, like, whenever I want to play 3v3, I'll go and check into the arcade and see if it's there. And then it, it most of the time it's not there. 
But, you know, when I do see it, I may not necessarily want to play it, but like, you know, it'll just be better. I'll play it more frequently if it was down on a more regular basis, you know. Uh, so I think that's the only with the with the reality of how the arcade works like. That that's a little bit of a downside, you know, I still hope that one day they're going to change the arcade to just have all game modes available, you know, and I, I kind of get it. They don't want to overload it. You know, sir, I, I get, you know, they don't want to have cues for every game mode in the arcade. I get it. I get it. But I mean, what would not put it? If that was the case, what would I drop? Like what? Uh, Super Shimada Brothers. Like who plays that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, you know, I know people love their mystery heroes. So like I would make like mystery heroes, 3v3 elimination, a death match. There would have to be some staples in there that are there all the time, in my opinion. And, you know, maybe some of these new game modes that would, that would help out. So, um, now another reality of the workshop is that it does definitely help a fun factor in the game. 100%. Like the, I think that is a fact that you, you know, nobody can really deny. It doesn't necessarily improve quality of life in the game though. And this is one of the things I hope they kind of work on or maybe find a way to work into the modding system in order to improve quality of life. You have to be able to affect the game a bit more in modes that people care about, mainly competitive, right? Like it would be great if they let you mod the scoreboard, right? Like if they actually let somebody mod the screen and you can now create a scoreboard with stats and stuff like that on it and be able to apply that mod to competitive. I think that would be tremendous. Like fine. If you don't want to use that mod, don't use that mod. You know, if you're if you're that emotionally fragile that you don't want to see your stats and don't want to see other people's stats, don't use the mod. But for people who do want to use mod, it can provide amazing information, you know, that would help you make better decisions in the game, ultimately. You know, if you can make a competitive mod like that or a competitive mod like um enemy skins where you can force, you know, skins on an enemy or even force the color of the skin on an enemy. I mean, that's not that's not a new concept. I mean, that's something that we used to do all the time in arena shooters before. Like my, when I used to play UT and Quake, all of my enemy skins were hot pink. Hot pink. So I could see <laughs> I could see where they are from a mile away. If you play UT or Quake, you'd understand that hot pink shows up really good, <laughs> you know, on those maps. Uh, you know, in games like Counter Strike or something like that, it's a little different story because you know it's tactical, right? You don't want they, they didn't want to apply like hot pink skins to, uh, you know, terrorists, you know, or, or CTs hiding in in, in a bomb site or something like that. So I get it, but I think like enemy skins will work well for for Overwatch being able to change hit sounds, you know, stuff like that, change the volume of hit sounds, maybe, you know. You can do that in the actual workshop, but, you know, obviously you can't do that competitive. Exactly. That's why I think they need to for the workshop to be able to apply mods to the game and not just in that specific game, like apply this mod to your game client. That's where I want to see it go, even before map making, to be honest with you, because I mean, the workshop obviously is not a full modding suite. I'm not expecting, you know, when they made the announcement, I was happy with what we got. I wasn't like, oh, shit needs to do this and do that. But I will hopefully I would I, w- I would want them to, you know, work in a way for players to be able to affect the game, you know, a bit more and change their experience and 
give them like kind of qual- like quality of life changes. I think that would be tremendous for Overwatch, you know. If nothing else, it's definitely going to bring a lot of a very particular set of community back to the game uh, and a particular set of the community that won't be toxic or negative. Even if, you know, you get people that are creating things like that. Nobody creating something is really going to be toxic or negative because it's not competitive. They're literally just there to have fun, do their own thing, to create things for people. Um and you get community buzzing around that. Yeah, you bring people back in competitive and toxicities here, there, whatever. But the people that get salty about it are either gone already or they're not going anywhere, in my opinion. Um, so as far as the actual community goes, this is not a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's a step in the right direction for sure. I think it's a step in the right direction. But what I don't want is for them to do what they've done with features in the past and just make it and leave it. Right. Like with the uh, custom games, they just left it. With uh, LFG, they just left it. What I would like is for them to continue to iterate on this. Them working on this and, and, and giving players more options will do nothing but help grow the community. Right. It will. Because, like, literally, you can revive an entire game with one mod. So an Unreal Tournament, you know, UT2K4 was like on the verge of dying, right? Like it was, it was like toward the end of its life. And somebody made a mod called Team Arena Master that just completely brought the game back. You know, well, not, not brought the game back, back, but from the competitive scene, it brought the game back because people were starting to taper off on Capture the Flag. People were tapering off on Deathmatch. But Team Arena Master was like, you know, you'd be you're 4v4 and you'd knock out players, like essentially, right? And I think, I'm trying to remember how Tam went. Like, are you, you know, you were like, you know, there was no respawning until, you, until an entire team was down. You won rounds like that. But I think for every win, your team got your health decreased, you know? So, like, it was, it was actually pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen entire mods, like, you know, mods just bring games back, just breathe life back in the games. And in order to do that, you have to allow the full expression of creativity. So they, like right now they, this is way better than what we have with custom games. And I'm just hoping that they improve on it. Uh, obviously I think I would love for, like I said, mods that help improve quality of life more realistically. I think they probably end up doing something that that allows you to change maps, like map geometry, maybe something like that. Right. I mean, I really, I think that has, I think it has a lot to do with their map making tools, which I don't know. It's a it's a new engine. Like the Overwatch engine is their newest engine. I don't know how their map making tools work. Uh, I know <laughs> uh, Valve when they released Hammer, there was a there are ways where if you missed like a really small step, you can actually just end up crashing somebody's entire game with the map making tools, and they mm-hmm. want to avoid stuff like that. So, uh, Blizzard's really careful. They're, they Blizz, the reason Blizzard does the way they things the, the way they do, and why they're so slow to do certain things is because they want to take full control of the user experience, which is why people typically have a good experience with Blizzard games. But it's also, uh an anchor that weighs on them. So, but yeah, the workshop, I would like, you know, on P if you're on PC, you can check out on the PTR console. I can't imagine it's going to take them that long to start pushing stuff out. And then on top of that, 
there's going to be a bunch of game modes available or a bunch of workshops available, you know, um, products available on launch for console because all the stuff that people are doing now are, they're going to stay, they're going to move into the next game or into the live version. Right. And so like, like I was trying to say before, I, I can't overstate just how much you can actually do with this system. Uh, it is, it's very powerful. Um, so it's, it's definitely not anything near or close to what you might imagine from your average, you know, game rules editor. It's, it's beyond that for sure. Absolutely. So we're going to take, uh, go from that. We're going to move into that apex ping system. So, I mean, ever since apex comes, came out, I mean, I'd be surprised if you didn't hear about the apex ping system, even if you did not play apex, because it is probably one of the, the best innovations in first person shooting I've seen in a while. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can, you can play an entire game without talking to your teammates and, really relay a lot of important information to your teammates. You can relay enemy positions. You can relay important, uh, you know, like where where items are. You can relay what you need. You can relay what they need, like your teammates and stuff like that, you know, all without talking. And that's because respawn knows (laughs) (laughs) they they know that they know about the players, but you know, um, actually this topic kind of came from Kuwabara who was a community member, he, he messaged me on Twitter. You know, I said, I can't remember what exactly what I said on Twitter, but he said, it's kind of been hard for him to come back to overwatch, even though he still plays, uh, it's hard to come back, you know, with the apex ping system. It's so good, you know, in terms of helping to communicate with your team. And I, and I get that. Like a lot of people want overwatch to do the same thing, but I think for overwatch, it'll be way, it'll be pretty difficult for them to implement something that's as efficient as the ping system in apex because of the amount, the type of information that you need to be able to express to players. Right. You know, Uh, the amount of information and the amount of players also comes into that because in apex, the map is so large that if you see another enemy squad, then that's, you might see one. If you're playing a hot, hot as hell game, it's like once every 60 seconds, you're going to be picking enemies. If you're playing super hot, uh, if you're not, it's, you know, every few minutes, if you see one across the map, you ping them, there's the enemy. Or if, if you need ammo, then you ping that. Or if you need an attachment, ping that. And, you know, other than that, you're pinging where you're going, what you're doing, whatever. In Overwatch, it's so much faster paced. It's, so, it's such a smaller map. There are many more enemies around you at any given time. Uh, if you got three or four people all pinging, kill this enemy university at once, it's just it's just a jumble of information that you don't need. Uh, people pinging things that you already know. I mean, it's I just it just would not, in my opinion, be clean and streamlined, and would honestly just ruin the Overwatch experience. Whereas in a in a arena looter shooter kind of deal, battle royale uh, type game, it's absolutely perfect. You know, it's built around that system. It works with that system. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things that I think will help, like being able to tell your team who to focus, right? Uh, because I mean, I've played other games where you could do that, where you could target an enemy player, but you know, it, in those games, like Guild Wars, for example, you could do an eight v eight, you know, uh, uh, guild versus guild, or you know, team battle, and. The thing that you kind of have to discuss before you get started is who is going to be the shot caller. Now, I think in groups, 
the system will work out really well, which is why I wouldn't necessarily like say, okay, well, we can't do that in Overwatch. In unorganized groups, I think you'd have more of a problem. But I could be wrong. It could be that people would start to recognize, like would recognize a leader in the group or a shot call in the group and let it go. Because I do see that happen a lot in my games when people start talking, right? When people start talking and usually if somebody's like, super aggressive on that like saying like you know and they're not wrong if they're super aggressive about you know calling their targets and stuff like that and they're making decent calls i'll leave it alone i won't call targets i'll just follow the calls right if they're wrong that's a different story like i'll you know i'll, I'll have to kind of butt in there um but yeah you know if if, if i mean that something like that could also happen where players like you know if they're seeing somebody making good calls they'll just follow the calls instead yeah. Uh, but you would you almost know, have to make it mandatory to have a single shot caller because if you have six people with the ability to call shots, especially if it's intrusive, uh, then that's just a recipe for grieving. But if, um, say at the beginning of the game, you say, all right, this person shot caller and everybody agrees whether there's something, I don't know how that system would actually work, but you know, you have a shot caller designated at the beginning of the game that could potentially work. And if there's some way to remove it, then maybe once again, like once again, that only works for organized teams, right? Because if you hop into competitive as it currently is, how do you know who should be the shot caller? Right. You know, you you don't know. You need the ability to do it. Uh, you know, it, and unfortunately, in the lower ranks, I do think it could it could help, but it, it's one of those things that in the lower ranks, should, you know, probably wouldn't be used properly because in the lower ranks, nothing gets used properly. Characters don't get used properly. You know, so it, that that's kind of thing. But just because it have it will happen in the lower ranks doesn't mean that you should just like toss you know the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, you know, that, unfortunately. But I don't. I don't think. I I think when it first comes out, we will see the most grieving we're gonna see. Right, but I, like it'll kind of cool down after a little bit. But I think if they just have a system where you could target, obviously just just being able to target an enemy and have it like you know pop up on the screen, you know, like target this guy, uh, or like it kind of you know puts put something on the person so you can at least know where they are is a tremendous help. Uh, perhaps if you're targeting an ally, it shows the ally's status, right? Like it says, you know, Reinhardt health low health, you know, Reinhardt you know anti, you know, or you know, whatever they're gonna say. You know, right. or you can you can ping a health pack, but health pack hacked or health pack here, health pack, you know, in X seconds, you know, right. Something like that for people, you know, to a degree, I think we can we can we can work something on the ping system that would help communicate a bit better than what we have. But you, I mean, voice comps would still just be much better, you know. Like you know, have you you're trying to communicate with your Reinhardt to go through, you know, walk through the Arissa shield. Start swinging your hammer, you know, I'm going to ante them when you do it. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, you can't communicate that with a ping, right? So, right. Uh, I, I think it could potentially work now that I think about it. Because the ping system in Apex is meant for quick pinging and quick information. You know, you just click one button and you ping a location or an enemy. Um, whereas you can also click and hold your middle mouse button, or at least that's my hotkey for it. And there's a wheel and that changes depending on circumstance. So if you highlight uh, an area, you can say, I'm going here to loot, or I'm watching this area, or enemies have been here, things like that, off of the wheel. Overwatch could potentially integrate it kind of the same way as the 
the wheel that you use for communication now where you know like i need healing or uh things like that and just stick it on the middle mouse button for a ping system that works in that same way i mean the system's kind of already there the little wheel system uh is already kind of there and you can say all right ping this point uh go here or meet me here or if you're highlighting a a friendly character say highlight them i need shields or this person needs healing things you like know that. what they will be tremendously helpful if they had a and this is good now we're going to be on the ping system if they all had a button i don't know m for example and it showed you the top view map and you could put them like a rally point like rally here right meet, meet me here you know group up here you know or yeah like if, if g like if you are a certain character you can you can uh you know, you hit G and instead of just saying group up with me, it actually has like a rally point there. Like, you know, on the map, you can see a rally right. point, like group up with me here. They could do that now, for example. Like, you know, yeah, you can definitely have that. that. that yeah, that will be really, really helpful. You can you can take that one, Blizzard. You don't even got to give me credit for it. Just put it <laughs> in the game. You're good. You know, uh, so that would be tremendously helpful as well. Or I like your your wheel idea. Because, you know, there are times in Overwatch where you do have some downtime, especially when the enemy is regrouping. So what if you could raise your, uh, you know, your mouse up, hold the middle mouse button or whatever. And on your wheel, there's like options like take the high ground, get on the payload. Well, there's already a pay- get on the payload one, but it'll take the high ground or get into this position or get into that position, you know. And, you know, you, you can use that when you have a bit more time. Like, if you're in the middle of a firefight, you don't want to have the, you know, take the time to make the wheel come out and use it. Or maybe on purpose, they should make that, make it so that the wheel takes, you know, a decent amount of time in seconds to fully expand or something like that to discourage players from using it in the middle of fights. Right. You know? And you could because even, you can, uh, sorry. No, oh, it's gonna, just going to say because you could, you already have, like, when you're Sim or when you're Reaper, you already have like a cone that you can point around the map and they can give every player And that. Uh, what I'm talking about is the abilities for, uh, you know, teleporter and, um, Oh God, not Wraith. What is it called? Shadow step. Sorry. It's basically a cone that you can put in different places. So what if they gave everybody a cone to be able to call out positioning? Right. Right. I think that'd be, that, I think that that would be helpful. It's not, like here we are. Look at us figuring out problems, figuring out the Overwatch <laughs> problems. Anyway, but um, that will be really helpful to help other players. Like if you're not on comms, tell McCree get the high ground, go up here, go up there. You know, or like every if you saw an enemy and you just like ping them, like you know, let's say double tap for targeting. You know, double tap like whatever button it is for targeting on that enemy. One tap for um, you know. The enemy is here. Right. Oh, yeah. And Nita Reno says that that will be hell to use on console. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which part you're talking. Oh, you're talking about the wheel. Are you talking Are you talking about the wheel? Maybe he's talking about the wheel. Because uh, I know the cone thing that I'm talking about, like the console already has that because you have to use that same cone system to put the teleporter in different places or shadow step to different places. So maybe he's talking about using uh, the wheel. I'm not 100% sure. I know, like, it's, uh, yeah, so he's talking about using the wheel. Yeah, so, um, so obviously, it'll be easier to use on PC, but, I mean, the Overwatch team has done really good with console controls, in my opinion, for a shooter, 
And I think it is a a problem that can be worked. I think it's a problem that they can fix. Historically, though, um, <laughs> the Overwatch team has not been the best on consoles. So I can understand the uh, the the the, uh, the not having necessarily having faith. And like I said, um, and like I said, like it's not really for. It wouldn't be for like action action areas. So he notes that the wheel on console sucks now. Add extra options to it would make it worse. You're right. The wheel does suck on console now because the commands on the wheel, in my opinion, are really made to be used in hot situations. You know? Like, heal me. You can't, in the console, you can't pop that wheel out in the middle of a fight and say, heal me. On PC, I'm just using my pinky finger and hitting that button like, heal me now, <laughs> you know, as I'm like dipping and dodging and stuff like that. So yeah, you're right. I do believe that the, the, the wheel on console does suck, but that's because of the way it's meant to be used, which is meant to be used in a lot of in combat situations, right? Yeah. Uh, that, hell, I still that, don't use the hotkeys for that. You know, I, I still use my C and just highlight the wheel, just muscle memory. It's so fast. It's like, you know, see down, heal me, you know. Right. Yeah. But, but you can do that on PC. But like what we're suggesting with the wheel, like, you know, I'm just trying to hammer this home. I'm not saying these should be things that should be used in combat. I think the using the, if the wheel had options, like, you know, options like, you know, position yourself here, go up the here, go up there. Uh, that you can use when you're out of combat because let's be honest, that does happen kind of frequently in this game, uh, especially in the higher tiers because you do a team fight team goes down and then, you know, you're organizing for the next team fight. Right. right? And that gives you, that give, that'll give you a little bit of time to kind of look at the map and tell people where to position. Uh, but I do think it is a system. I think a kill work on console with the current wheel, not so much. They'd have to work on it. So, Right. Uh, not saying you're wrong. I just think it's a problem that can be fixed, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I know there are, there are definitely ways for them to increase like commun- non-verbal communication, you know, or non-coms communication, even though I, I just gotta, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. It's it, 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 even if they implement a system like this, it'd be tremendously helpful, but verbal communication would still be key because you know, how are you going to, you know, call a tracer coming from like a super like a super great spot that they're in you know yeah. uh you know you can't you can't necessarily do that i mean even if they gave each zone of the map a different name and you can point to it and call that different zone it's just not enough you know so but i think they they can make improvements there and maybe they are working on something hopefully they're working on something we need um we need uh, more quality of life improvements at this point, you know, uh, which they did say they were working on, you know, some fe- uh, you know, feature content, which I'm, I'm happy about. I'm, I want to see what they do. Uh, but, you know, I think that'd be a great quality of life improvement. But let's go ahead and move into our community questions. Now, uh, Cooper didn't ask this question as a community question, but he also, he sent me a tweet, which was a question, which I thought, and I answered him on, on Twitter. I want to share my answer. And I thought that would be, a, it would be a great help for those who are running into this problem. So Kubara says, I've been having gold healings as Zen and Brig while having Mercy's, Moira's, and Anna's on my team. What should I be telling my main healer without sounding like an ass for having gold healing? So I would like to say 
that this is a, a low tier problem, but just in my games last night and I placed in diamond, I was playing Zen and I had gold heels at the end of several matches, <laughs> you know? So it's not just a, a low tier problems. And I mean, when you, when you're playing Zen, it is a little concerning <laughs> when you see that you have gold heels. I, I, I will be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but what I told him was, I told him that I told him that, you know, what you kind of want to do in those situations, because you don't want to tilt anybody, right? You're trying to win, right? You're trying, you're trying to, um, you're trying to, uh, just try help, help along. Right. Um, and okay. And the chat is saying that trans can tilt the stats. I get that. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get back to that, but I, I do realize that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to let you finish, um, but Anna's the greatest healer of all time. <laughs> yeah. So what you're, you're trying not to tilt them. Like, you know, you're trying not to say, Hey, you need to heal more. You know, you don't want to pull a Fozzie. Okay. Because <laughs> Fozzie probably relays the messages the worst. How you doing Foz? <laughs> you know, <laughs> when he's trying to get somebody to do something. Um, but you know, you don't want to necessarily tilt them. Right. So what I do is I include myself in the situation. The way I usually handle it is I say, if I, if I'm playing Zen and I have gold heels and the heels are low, you know, cause that's what happens in many situations. I'll say, Hey, our heels are low. We need to, we need to, we need to, we need better. We need to heal more. We, as in me, I include myself in there. You know, now I have the gold heels and I'm a Zenyatta. It's not really my fault. But, you know, I'm saying we need, you know, we need to heal more. And I'll ask the main healer, what's going on? Like, you know, what are you seeing? If they're Anna, like, what's going on? Uh, if they're Mercy, what's going on? Like, what do you see? What's the problem? And sometimes they'll respond and be like, this person's out of position. I can't get to this person. I'm getting dove or, you know, I'm getting flanked. You know, I'm not getting any peels. Like, they, they can kind of, sometimes they can tell you. And sometimes they'll just straight up say, I don't play healer, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, they'll let you, they'll let you, um, they'll let you know. Uh, and then you can work on fixing those problems. You can start a conversation that may result in you taking main heels. Cause that has happened to me several times before where it's like, you know, well, you know, I'm not a great main healer or, you know, I normally play off heels. Or I play this character. Okay. Okay. Fine. Let's switch. And we'll, and we'll switch off and we'll do that. So, you know, that's how I usually handle that problem is that I include myself in the situation and never, and I don't, I won't call that person out like, Hey dude, your heels are trash. You know, um, <laughs> like even though, if, even if that's what I'm feeling, if I'm actually trying to win, you know, I, I'll, I'll keep it civil. Now, like I said, I'm gonna get back to the, to the chat, what the chat was saying about Zen having gold heels. All right. Now this isn't my first rodeo. I have actually, I have had gold heels at the end of the match because I got a fat trans you know, or multiple fat transes, right? You know, like, so yes, I do realize that Zen can have gold heels if you're getting really good transes off. Uh, Brig can also, I actually, I've played Brig and have, go, have had gold heels many times, but, you know, depending on what situation you're kind of running Brig into. So it is definitely possible. Now, I haven't played, played Brig as much as I've played Zen. So I'm only going to talk to Zen. What, what are my indicators for, saying, for thinking that, you know, the main healer isn't doing what they need to do? So if I have gold heels, 
it depends on how long I have gold heels. You know, like let's say I, I pull I pull a uh, a trans out and I have gold heels. Well, I'm not immediate. Like after I do a trans, I'm not going to look at the scoreboard and and say, "Hey, I have gold heels. You suck, Anna." You know, I'm not going to do that. Um, now another thing to consider, actually, this is what I was going to get into, is that if you have gold heels and you have not transed, right? I think that's I think that's a red flag. <laughs> you know, I think that's a pretty big red flag. After I trans, I'll usually give, depending on how big the trans was, I'll usually give the main healer a couple minutes to get their gold back. But if they like, you know, if they can't get their gold back and it's like, I didn't do another fat trans, then it's a difference. So you kind of have to gauge it. Right. Um, but I will say something to a main healer, or at least I'll say something. Uh, if, especially if I have not trans and I have gold heels, you know, like, I mean, I, I had actually, I had a game last night where I ended up with gold heels and heels was only 5k, you know, it was only 5k and I didn't trans the entire game. Now, another thing is like, you have to take into consideration too, is, uh, you know, cause we won that game. <laughs> actually, we, we actually <laughs> ended up winning that game. So that was actually the enemy's fault. They just weren't putting out that much damage. But then again, we had an ant on our team that just wasn't putting out that much heal. So like maybe they were out of position. You know, maybe by the time they would get to me, um, you know, the time they get there, by the time they they would, the Anna would get to the person who needed heals, I had already healed them. Uh, Jay Lee says most of the time, if heals are low, it's because the team isn't playing around the healer because most low health players, most low level healers heal too much anyways. So it's normal, it's normally not them doing it on purpose. Which yeah, I would definitely say it is. It's true, and I, I guess you're, you're you're talking. I think more specifically about Anna. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Jay Lee. The reason I read Jay, what Jay Lee says because Jay Lee is an excellent Anna. He is an excellent Anna. So he knows what he's doing. Excellent healer in general. Yeah. So he's talking about Anna. He's right because a lot of low level Annas they they overheal. They don't use her the other tools on her kit. Like you're talking about the sleep and the ante. I would imagine. You know, that's that's a that's a different conversation. <laughs> you know, they're not using her kit as uh, you know, as effectively as, as they could. If um, you want to know how to use Anna more effectively, don't forget to go check out Prepare to Attack, our other Overwatch podcast, where you can get all your Overwatch strategy needs taken care of. To a degree, we got to update that thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, the main question was really about, you know, how do you interact with a teammate? And I think I think I answered that one pretty good. To me, that's the easy part. That's the easy part is how to interact with them. The and then another way, like if they, if they just don't respond to you or something like that, and they're not putting out the heels that they need to put out, um, just go main heal too. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, you you're gonna lose your uh your defensive alt, but in a lower tier, uh, oh sorry, I said offensive alt, defensive alt. In a lower tier, defensive alts aren't as a big of a deal, I think, because I mean, Genji gets his ult. He does blade. I've seen Genji's just whiff <laughs> in the lower <laughs> tiers on that. They're just not as dangerous. I've seen Reapers. <laughs> I've seen Reapers jump into a middle of a group, even with the buffs in the lower tiers, you know, do Death Blossom and not kill a soul. <laughs> you know, so it's just not as dangerous. Um, once you, if you climb a bit higher, like, you know, Swapping out your defensive ult, I think, is is a much bigger deal. You really have to, you really have to, you know, if they have like a, a Genji or something like that, that Genji is just waiting for you to, yeah. you know, 
not I mean, to, to to not be there to not have the defensive alt. Right. I mean, a lot of the time, the strategy in in I'd say above above anything anything above plat. A lot of the time, the strategy is if they have a zen, you bait the trans, bait the uh, trans, or kill the zen. I can't tell you how many times, like you know, as soon as I died as Zenyatta, even if the Genji didn't kill me, somebody on their team called out that I died because I, the next thing I hear in the distance is Japanese. that's the the next thing that i hear like they 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 know now uh, the the more uh the 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 more analytical not analytical question but the more difficult question is when do you actually say something because you saying something too early can cause a tilt or you know it can cause somebody to have an attitude because you never know what type of games they had right you never know if they had a, a rough few games and now they're finally like, you know, they're doing the best they can. They're keeping the team up the best they can. Uh, maybe you're just not seeing why uh, they they don't have gold heels. Maybe they're spending a ton of time because they're not getting peels staying alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and part of but, that, too, you know, is your job as a player to keep an eye on that kill feed. And if you see your Ana in that kill feed a whole lot and... They're not saying saying anything. I mean, all it takes is uh, Ana, are you getting Dove or something like that, you know? Right. And maybe they don't have a mic, so maybe they'll say something in chat like, uh, yeah, I have a problem with Genji or, or yeah, I'm not getting Peel or whatever. You know, normally yeah. it's not a good idea to text chat in Overwatch whenever you're in the middle of a game, but if it's going to solve a problem, it'll help. So ask them. Don't be afraid to ask them what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, too long, didn't listen um just because you have gold gold heels as zen or brig isn't the end of the world right it doesn't necessarily mean that the main heel isn't doing their job you really need to take a look at like what's happening and i think in a lower tier it's a little harder because you just expect well they're the main heel they're the main heel they should have gold heels um it's a little easier to look at you know in a higher tier. well that's probably why you're in a higher tier because you have higher game sense and you have a better idea of what's happening on the field but just try to, you know, try to when when you see that you have gold heels as Zenyatta, um, I would start that you need to start paying attention to what's happening. That's what you need to do. Start paying attention to what's happening and try to get your team to adjust and do it nicely. You don't want to call anybody out because that's just not going to work out. Okay. All right. Next question is from Wood Tier Guru. He says, "Workshop is cool and will help bring more fun to the casual Overwatch community, but I'm very spectac- uh, skeptical on whether Blizzard will actually utilize community-created character concepts and mechanics. The implementation of new heroes based on community concepts is the only way I see this having any effect on the competitive community. What are your thoughts? Personally, it seems to me like Blizzard has seen us complaining about content." And their response feels like, if you don't like what we're doing, do it yourself. <laughs> so, you know, and we, we talked about kind of like that point of view. And even if that is what they're saying, that's fine with me. Like, okay, yeah. I will do it myself then. <laughs> you know, I, I think the more, the, I think it's great. I think the, the, the more tools they give the community, the, the more flexibility they give the community, the more fun we can have with this game. Right, and I think I think that's fine. Now, uh, we, you know, we we just talked a whole bunch about it, but with the way the current mod system is, I don't see it affecting competitive. You know, I I don't see it affecting competitive uh, in its current state. I just hope that they continue to improve on the modding system. Jay Lee says, I mean, that's fine. They've been terrible at it. 
<laughs> you, know? <laughs> well, that, you know, and the thing is, I don't blame them, right? We already know the Overwatch team is not that large. You know, it's it's less than 150 people that, that to, to our knowledge, less than 150 people. Now you have millions of people who have access to be able to make their own creations. It's just it's a more a, a much larger creative pool. People who are they're doing it because they want to, because they want to make something fun, not because it is their job, not because they're not constrained by budgets or, or they, you know, they're not constrained by timelines or anything like that. You can let creativity flow, you know? So I, I think, I think it's cool. The, the open source provides. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Got to watch out with that shit sometimes though. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bite you in the ass. <laughs> Uh, I, while I don't think it, it's going to directly impact competitive immediately, uh, it's definitely going to affect like hundred percent at some point or another, something that people do with this tool is going to affect the game permanently. Uh, what that will be, who knows, you know, it could be something as big as like player unknowns, DayZ mod that turned into PUBG, uh, or it could be something like somebody creates an effect that goes along with an alt. Like one of the, one of the things I saw in one of my games today uh, was that somebody created an after effect for Doomfist's ultimate that actually knocks you back and like stun freeze you, which I was like, that's broken as fuck. That's cool. And something like that concept, you know, that could turn to an ultimate for an upcoming character. You know, a lot of people could do things and probably have already done things that the, 150 developers haven't thought of uh and that's freaking awesome you know the more more people you have doing crap the more innovative and outside the box and shit that nobody's thought of yet uh that you're gonna see and that's how you get better content that's how you get innovation in a, in a game like this when you've just pushed everybody to their limit and we're like we're out of fucking ideas take ideas from other people or expand upon them you know it's it's the perfect think tank. Absolutely. And actually, he says, uh, actually, Lou says it only took two employees to create the workshop. Does this mean that no one is working on competitive? That I, I don't think so. I think that there's certain things about the game that they are going to be extremely careful about changing. Right. It took them a long time to come up with the current competitive system. I'm not sure if anybody's played in beta, but the current competitive system, well, j- like just with the SR in general, that was not the way it was in beta. You know, they took a bunch of feedback and, you know, made the current competitive system and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to, you know, just change something every single season, especially with the Overwatch League, right? Like that means the league is changing every season how many seasons do we have in a year? At least six, because it's only an eight week season, you know? Uh, so, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they should, that the, the lull that we've been in is okay, that we've had no changes to competitive. I, I think like no substantial changes to competitive in quite some time. I'm not saying that's okay, but I understand their hesitation to change things in competitive. Uh, that actually, um, Jay Lee already replied. He says Slasher tweeted out today that he knows stuff w- that will hook hip comp, hit comp soon. So yeah, I mean, I I figure for the three year anniversary is when they're gonna make their major changes to competitive. Um, because I think like Heroes of the Storm, I think around year two, 
they made major changes to competitive, their, their whole competitive system. So, you know, when you're dealing with a competitive system and people with rankings and stuff like that, that's not something you could just, even though, let's be honest, it doesn't matter. But, like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not something that you can just, you're going to want to change because you want those rankings to mean something, right? You want them to, you want them to mean something. So you don't just want to change that over and over again, you know? Um, Jaylee says, we just, I just want replays. Yeah, I want replays too. Like, yeah. I feel like, like I think, that's one of the features they're working on, though. I. I hope so. I mean, I, I really do hope so that they're working on replays. Um, I mean, you think about what they're doing with Overwatch League. They already have, I obviously already have a system for camera controls and things like that that somebody has built to make it easier and better to work with. So how far-fetched is it to think that they don't have a replay system in the works? You know? Right, no, I I, I agree. Um, I think the thing that they were concerned about with a replay system when when somebody brought it up a while ago is the size of each replay. That's right. what they were worried about. And that's one of those things I'm like, yo, take the kid gloves off. We can manage our own hard drives. You know what I'm saying? We can, we can manage our, our, own, our own hard drives. I mean, like something like StarCraft, I, mean, I think maybe they're thinking too inside the box, too inside the Blizzard box. Because at StarCraft, your replays are saved automatically, right? Every replay uh, is just automatically saved up to a certain point. Uh, with with I think they're worried about, well, if we do that, we can just make somebody's hard drive explode and they'll hate us. They'll hate us. I'm like, no, like... You know, making an option to turn replays on or make it so that after each competitive game, if they want to save that replay, they have to hit a button like, you know, save game, like, right. sa- like save for a save last replay. Or I mean, even, you already have. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Kendra. I was going to say, or even just do it the way that Fortnite did it. And rather than save the actual physical replay, uh, save the data and then well, have it spawn into an actual game with the data that they that they provided from the match. Uh, and then it basically just replays the game for you and you can control the camera, do whatever in well, a game that's simulating exactly what happened according to the data that you have, which is a much smaller file size than actual recording. Well, no, I'm pretty sure that's how all replay systems work. That's what they're worried about because like all that data is uncompressed. That, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing that they're worried about. Right. You know, oh, I, thought, I thought you were like talking about it being kind of like the, like a video the game system. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm actually like, so I mean, that, I was just about to get into that. You already have the data coming in. You already, that's how it works. I mean, I think we talked, I talked about it on the, on the show a while ago. Actually, yeah, because me and Bob got into an argument about it, about how the game receives data. You know, you receive data from every single player in the game. That's how multiplayer games work, you know? Basically, somebody clicks a couple keys on their on their machine. Those clicks and buttons they come over to your. I mean, this is like a super simple explanation of it, yeah. by the way. Those clicks and buttons come across the internet. You come, they they come into your machine and they control that player, right? You already have that information. All that information, all, all that has to happen. Once again, super simple explanation is that information needs to get saved in a certain order, and you hold on to it. And I think that they that's what they were worried about because you know with StarCraft. It's, um, you know, uh, with StarCraft, you have what at the most, at the most eight players, you know, that's, that's it. That's a, but when in, in this game you have, you know, uh, you have uh, six, it's not 16, sorry, 12 players. I'm losing my, my thought here, you know, and it's just less like, plus StarCraft maps are smaller too. So you have, 
you know, which is less data to deal with versus Overwatch. There's, and maybe it has a lot to do with the new engine too. That is just the amount of data that comes across is, is larger. So that's what I remember them being worried about. If they can find a way to compress that, I think that'll be a, a whole lot better. Like, I mean, obviously it'll take you a while, a while for your replays to load, you know, cause it has to uncompress all of that information too you know and this is me talking not having worked with the blizzard tools at all so <laughs> you know this is just based off of what i know about pre you know other replay systems but i, I think it'll be huge a replay system will be massive i mean not only for community content right not only for community content but just for getting better at the game man like being able to spectate anybody in a match that you played against like that if you're going like tracer v tracer and that other tracer is absolutely just beating your ass you know, you can you can learn from from those mistakes. I mean, that's how I got better at StarCraft, you know. Right. That's how we got better at Counter-Strike when we were a team. We would go back and watch our replays and then we would say, "Okay, that thing that we did, don't do that thing." <laughs> you know. Right. I really wish they would enable uh competitive spectating, like maybe at least give you an option to say, "Yeah, I, I want people to be able to spectate me or no, I don't." And just put on the delay or something so you can't cheat. I really wish they yeah, would do yeah. that. Yeah, you'd have to put the spectate on a delay. Um, I think a pretty substantial delay, like a 30-second delay so that people wouldn't ghost. Right. You know, so. And for those who don't know what ghosting is, that's when, like, you know. That, that thing, well, actually, I'm pretty sure that term came from somewhere else. The first time I heard it was on Counter-Strike where, you know, if you die, you wa- you wa- you just watch the uh, the enemy and tell your boy where they are. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's, that's what ghosting is. Um. But yeah, got a little off on a tangent there. Long story short, I, I I have no problems with the with the with the workshop. I think it's a a, st- a great tool to have, period, and a great step in in the right direction for Overwatch for for to to make a sustainable future for Overwatch. So, uh, yeah. So let's let's start closing up here. Let's see what we have. If you have not listened to Push the Point yet. That is our latest Overwatch podcast. That is Overwatch League centric. And we have two people who are into Overwatch League, so you don't have to worry about me and Kendra trying to fake the funk. We actually <laughs> have two people who are very into Overwatch League, Ramses and Labosco. They are doing a great job on Push the Point. Their episodes have been very interesting. Uh, so I would definitely, hi- I would highly suggest checking out Push the Point if you are into Overwatch League. Uh, we do have our next two community episodes planned out. We're just waiting to do to, uh, you know, get them recorded. So hopefully we'll have something out before the end of May. Trying to get something done, you know, quickly here. And if you are interested in doing a community episode, just reach out like they did, whether it be on like Twitter or Discord, uh, even email that, you know, the best place, you know, those are the best places to reach us. So if you can do that, that would be a, uh, you know, that'd be awesome if you want to come on the show and talk about, you know overwatch so uh on top of that i would like to mention the ranked roles in discord we're definitely still looking for people in our lower tiers uh or to help people we're looking for people in lower tiers to come into discord and help other players because you know the bulk of the player base does really sit in gold right gold low plat uh and as you go down to the lower tiers it's harder to find you know people to group with <laughs> So if you're in a lower tier, if you're like in bronze or silver and you're looking for somebody to group with, definitely come into the Discord and, you know, hop in the rank roles and hopefully you can get some groups together to, uh, you know, you guys can help each other out and help each other climb. All right. And uh, if you are going to come into the um, 
to get into the rank roles, just make sure to hit up the PC LFG, even if you're going to a console LFG because uh, the instructions are there. All right. Xbox game night is this Friday. Uh, so that's yeah, it'll be Friday, May 3rd. Not sure about the time. I would hop in the discord and reach out to mellow Yeti or say something in the Xbox, you know, game night channel, see what time they're going to get started. I am going to try my best to be there and we can, you know, have a good time. Uh, no word on the next PS4 game night, but I mean, the PS4 guys play all the time. So um, you don't even need an official game night for the PS4. Uh, but if you're if you're interested in hooking up with the PS4 players, contact Death Squad OG in our Discord. He, uh, you know, he's he helps rally that group and run the the game nights. All right. And uh, we did change the official starting time of our stream to 10 p.m. Eastern. Of course, we even got started late today because of something, you know, some unforeseen circumstances. But we will be starting the, the stream officially at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time going forward. We want to hear about your Overwatch stories, so we're going to get into our contact info here in a little bit. Uh, and, you know, you can send us your Overwatch stories, whether happy, sad, funny, whatever. Send them over. We'd love to talk about your Overwatch stories. We do have a PS4 community and an Xbox One club. They're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. So if you're looking to hook up for the game nights or just looking for people to play with, hop in those, uh, you know, those clubs and communities. And uh, our Discord, like I mentioned earlier, is discord.me slash match those buttons. Doesn't matter what platform you play on. We would love to have you in the Discord. And you can hook up with some players there as well as join some of our discussions. Always like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch. If you are on Facebook, it's a great Facebook group to be a part of. Uh, you know, it's got great players and it has the latest news and memes. So it's, it's, a, it's, a cool, it's a cool Facebook group to be a part of. It is one of two Facebook Overwatch groups I'm a part of. So you will be a member of the elite. Yeah, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Kinder, you want to give me your social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nerf Kinder, please. That's PLS uh, on YouTube by the same name. Uh, and hopefully I'll have some Apex content out soon. I know it's not Overwatch, but we'll see. If I find some really cool uh, workshop games, I'll definitely do a video about that. I might just do a workshop video if I find some like crazy enough crap. Because there was some pretty cool stuff today I want to record. Nice. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Church of Ja. That is, uh, yeah, just Church of Ja. And you can find me here on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash matches buttons when I do stream. If you want to keep up with the show, our Twitter is twitter.com slash watchpoint radio. And like I said, we do stream here also on Mashos buttons, twitch.tv slash matches buttons every Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we would love to hear from you guys, your comments and questions. So you can, uh, if you want to, you can email us at wprmashlessbuttons.com or you can re just reach out to us via Twitter or Discord. Those are usually the best places to get in contact with us. If you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a Patreon on patreon.com slash watchpoint radio. You can buy merch from the Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash match those buttons. Or you can also become a Twitch subscriber, which Jay Lee just did. Thank you, Jay Lee, for being for uh, subscribing again. So yeah, you can be yeah, those are all great ways to help support this podcast. And we appreciate everybody who supports us and has been supporting us. Thank you very much. And with that, um, you know, like you, if you guys want to hear about our other shows, just stay tuned after this episode, and you'll hear uh, a message about our other uh, about our other shows on the Match Button Network. And with that, we are done. Thank you guys very much 
for uh, you know listening, and we will catch you next week. Later, dude. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, and youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community, so just go to discord.me slash mashthosebuttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.